Off the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. Good evening, Koto listeners. You're in tune to Off the Record on Koto. I'm your host, Julia Caulfield from the news team, and I have two esteemed guests in the studio. If you have listened to Koto often, if you have listened especially to programs talking about mental health on Koto, you know these names, you know these voices. <laughs> um, I have with me Lindsay Wright and Mandy Miller, two local therapists in town. Thanks y'all for being here. Thanks for having us. I'm excited. Um, and today we're talking, I was thinking about this as we were kind of leading up to the new year, the idea of resolutions, this huge kind of like milestone shift in like how we view the world, I guess, like on January 1st. Um, and I was thinking about that and kind of thinking of, you know, is that is that good? Is it a healthy thing to do if we choose to participate in resolutions or kind of like a big emotional shift at the new year? How can we do that in a way that like doesn't actually hurt us in the long run? And so I wanted to invite y'all on so we could talk about it. Um, As folks know, this is a call-in program. So if you have any questions about resolutions or you have ones that you're really excited about or you have thoughts on it, uh, give us a call 970-728-4333 and we're going to jump in with how y'all entered the room. What are your thoughts on resolutions? And also we're going to pick on Julia too because she said okay. you came up with this. She said she was on a run and it was a conversation she had in her head and I said I would listen to the off the record of inside Julia's head any day. Sometimes, so you'll be a part of this Sometimes it's messy. So I'm going to interview Lindsay. What are, so as a therapist just know we kind of follow the seasonality of Telluride and we've both worked here a while um, and, and, you know, work with all things mental health in our communities. So certainly new new year's resolutions come up for therapists a lot because people will generally just in the same sense, same way people will join a gym, you know, January 1st through 8th, they might also seek out their therapist um, and want to talk about changes in the new year. So what are your thoughts on new year's resolutions, Lindsay? I like that you just took the therapist role right out the gate. You're like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to ask questions. Um, So uh, first off, I think if you like New Year's resolutions, if they work for you, right on. That is awesome. Um, Personally, I don't know that I'm the biggest fan. I don't know that they're necessarily like healthy or unhealthy, but I do know statistically they're likely to fail. Um, and I think there's maybe, you know, maybe a few things behind that. And this is, some of this is just group think from what we were saying before. Uh, but I think, you know, the pressure of like, you must make this change right now is kind of a lot. Um, I think oftentimes too, like your readiness to change is not necessarily aligned with a certain date on the calendar. So, you know, if you set a goal on March 15th, that might stick better than the thing that you're like, ah, I've got to figure out what am I doing? Am I not eating Cheetos? Like what, what is my goal right now that I feel really pressured to think of versus something that's organic that maybe you've gotten around to being in, you know, a pre-contemplation contemplation stage and ready to take that next step. Yeah. So Lindsay's referring to like the stages of change which I think that's really worth talking about as we talk about resolutions is that change is a process 
And the only time we change is when we feel ready to be able to change. And that that doesn't happen from I am I had never considered changing to I just wake up today and the change occurs. There's all these stages in between. And she mentioned pre-contemplation, which is made like I'm starting to be curious about thinking about thinking about making a change and just having like an added awareness, um, which is very different than just waking up and being like, okay, so today I'm never going to smoke cigarettes again and it's definitely going to stick. Um, that has a low likelihood of sticking because you, you kind of do need to go through the process of change. And then we also want to be supportive and graceful with ourselves and others as we make those changes. So like as therapists, when people come into our office, they might say like, in my ideal self, in my ideal world, a couple years from now, I'd like to be, I just use smoking, so a non-smoker. And then we would say, well, we're going to hang with you regardless as you start to be aware of that and be curious about that. And we explore it together. And then... Um, um, we, we won't make any changes until it feels like the time to change. So maybe in some ways, like rather than on New Year, like if you have, if you do have a goal rather than like on New Year's saying this year, I'm going to do this, maybe be like this year, I'm going to start thinking about maybe doing this in the future. Yeah. And it doesn't even need to be about making some change. If, if there would be any advice, it would be rather than making a change how about just being more aware of myself and what my balance looks like? Um, maybe being more of myself, being more aware of me, being me rather than changing me. So think about your vernacular there. Do I need to change or do I just actually need to be more tuned into me and more aware of what could help me be more balanced? So, I mean, most of my clients would know we talk a lot about work, life, play, balance every single day, a third, a third, a third of work, life, and play. And we're all laughing because we live in Telluride where we love to binge work and binge play or outsource our wellness until off season, you know, when I can go to the DMV and renew my driver's license or whatever. Um, just be thinking about that, even if I'm working three shifts and it's the holiday season and I'm binging work, um, how am I squeezing in the work-life play where I can? Because that is what allows us to be able to be aware and make those changes. We need to be in balance to do it. I also think, Lindsay, like you were saying, you know, statistically resolutions also fail, often fail. And I think like for me that, and I, I was talking with somebody today because I kind of feel the same way as well. And I'm like, I feel like, especially when people make really big lofty goals, like you're kind of setting yourself up for failure a little bit, unless you put a lot of things in place of like how you're going to be able to achieve this thing. But I was talking with somebody um, today and, you know, using one of, I think a very common New Year's resolution for folks is like, I want to lose weight. I want to get in shape or whatever. And they were saying that they saw a meme that was like, I ate a salad. Why didn't I lose five pounds? You know? <laughs> and But what they were saying is like, maybe putting more, rather focusing on the end goal, like focus on the journey to that end goal, which gives you, lets you like a little bit off the hook. Like if you want to get more fit or whatever, if that's the end goal, but you're more recognizing the process, then you don't have to be hard on yourself for not going to the gym on January 1st or whatever that looks like. Yeah. And I feel like something like I want to lose weight is kind of a big amorphous goal. Even if you're like, I want to lose 15 pounds, that's still kind of vague. So I wonder about like, maybe also if you do want to set a goal, whether that's in January or August or whenever, maybe it's more like, okay, my goal is for the next three months, I'm going to walk 30 minutes 
every three days or something. That's a weird goal. But, you know, like something that's small and attainable and is measurable that you can know if you're doing it or not. Not, I want to lose 15 pounds. I ate a salad. Why am I not 15 pounds lighter? You know? Yeah, I love what both of you said about it's the process, too. So in order for me to achieve a long-range goal, I have to be able to feel rewarded and enjoy the process of the work of getting there. So, like, for instance, when people come in, uh, we often hear about a dry January in Telluride. It's pretty common that folks, you know, go for it in, in the holiday season and then say, I'm going to do a dry January um, whatever that looks like, removing substances. Um, and then usually it's that I don't plan on doing it beyond the end of January. Um, and so it's kind of like this thing, I'm going to prove to myself that I can abstain. And then thus that thus proves that I don't have a, a, a substance use disorder. And thus I'll go back to get kind of where I was. We don't often see it stick beyond the January. So that mindset, you know, is limiting, but, you know, in thinking, the, the phrase one day at a time exists for a reason, and we want to have rewarding replacements for whatever the behavior is that's harmful for us, so that that one day at a time doesn't feel like this torturous dry January kind of thing, so that we actually feel like, oh, the, the work of abstaining, abstaining from this thing or adding other things to my life actually feels good. So that person that says, I want to lose 15 pounds probably wants to feel better. Mm -hmm. So what can we do, the little needles we can move in each of our days that actually feels good and doesn't feel like suffering work? I, yeah, we'll just all talk. <laughs> <laughs> so I also wonder too, like, and I know we're just sticking with kind of this example, but like with a goal of I want to lose 15 pounds, like what is driving that? Um, because I think it's going to be more sustainable if it's coming from a place of like, I value myself. I want to care for myself. I want to be able to climb that mountain that I used to be able to climb. And now I can't get up there, you know, versus this is what I feel like I'm kind of supposed to, to look like or supposed to do. So maybe also just taking some time to examine like, what is the driver behind that too, when you're setting a goal? Yeah. I, I feel like in the conversations that I've heard recently, it's also, you know, to like the substance use or whatever that is. And then you were both talking about like making the small steps as well. Or I heard the phrase damp January, I think, mm. of being like, rather than try, like setting yourself up for failure and being like, I'm not going to at all for January and then failing halfway through or two days in or whatever, like just limiting or cutting back. Like what are we, how can we make attainable goals that like, rather than setting up ourselves up for failure, like just make the goalpost a little closer so you can actually do it if like completing the goal is something that matters to you. Yeah, and being willing to be flexible on that. So, so yes, the research supports a harm reduction model. Tune in. What are the things that are actually in the way? Whatever's in the way is the way. So what is harmful in my life? What's in the way? How can I reduce that harm a little bit? And like I was saying, one day at a time. Then I'm going to check in and see how it's going. Societally, if I say, hey, everyone, I'm going to lose 15 pounds or I'm going to quit smoking or I'm going to go win a million dollars, then you have this societal pressure where everyone's just like, did you win the million dollars? Did you lose 15 pounds yet? <laughs> like, how's the smoking going? Um, so, you know, we also want to give our friends grace to be like, I'm willing to flex with you and adapt with you based on how it's feeling for you and what, what feels harmful or not to you. We have a call. So I'm going to have y'all pop those headphones on. Hi, you're live on Kodo. Good evening. Uh, I have a, a constructive criticism. Um, uh, I think a productive one as well. Um, and 
uh, maybe I'm just trying to tip the balance a little bit in, in treatment here, just a little bit. Uh, but um, so health, having a healthy body is maybe more important than having a therapist um, as far as mental health goes. And we really don't have a culture that does that, that can do that. So I'm wondering if you can put more emphasis on getting people healthy um, as a treatment modality for, uh, for therapy. That would be great. Um, if you've got any comments, I'd appreciate hearing them. Thank you. Thanks for your call. Thoughts? Lindsay works at the Telluride Medical Center. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take those off because those are making it all echoey in my ears. Um, well, thanks, caller, for your perspective. Um, I tend to think that health is made up of a variety of components. I tend to practice from a biopsychosocial spiritual perspective, meaning we look at a person's physical health, we look at their mental health, we look at their social health, what is their connection to their community, um, we look at their spiritual connection, which doesn't necessarily mean God, it means just a, a connection to something greater, um, whether that's God or nature or their community. Um, so I think there's totally a space for that. I don't know that it's either or. And I mean, that's the beauty of as we've moved towards integrated health and just a plug for Lindsay. So Lindsay's um, the therapist at the medical center. So as you all know, when you go for your annual checkup now at the medical center, you, you do get asked mental health questions about are you using, abusing, using or abusing substances? Are you thinking of harming yourself? Are you feeling depressed or having anxiety? And with um, a patient's permission, they can also check in with a psychotherapist while they're there. Um, so it's kind of it's integrated care. And the same happens, like, for instance, if you go to the Norwood Medical center you might be seeing a dentist and answering those same questions um so the idea being that it's a whole health model with no wrong door and that that is kind of where our our um medical and you know our behavioral health and our physical health are morphing um just a little tidbit. So I just returned from Japan and I, I spent a month there and I was actually really trying to study whole health and longevity. Um, I was on vacation, but I was definitely very interested in like Okinawa where they have the highest number of super centenarians, those that are over 110 <laughs> years old and what does longevity look like? And so th there's these studies occurring around this. And, um, you know, I I've been in mental health for a about 20 years and for a very long time we were not welcome at the table when we were talking about health it was just like that's that weird stuff over there where people are doing this woo-woo weird thing where they're talking about things but that's not really health um, but interestingly enough in these studies on longevity the three components that they've stowed, showed in these Okinawa st studies that create longevity and health are what you put in your body so what you're eating what you're doing with your body physicality so this is with those that are um older so over they say over 80 years old but appear young so they're living these very thriving healthy balanced lifestyles but they're over 80 but the third component was social connection so that that they had shown that of these folks that were showing these thriving longevity lives social connection was a huge component of it and that they had valued it from birth making sure that folks had regular social connection so it made me immediately think of telluride because we do have this benefit of a main street community where we can sit on benches and we can connect and and know each other also super isolated you know at the same time um so i think I, I welcome the call around talking about um physical health mental health it's all in my opinion it's all tied and i wouldn't be doing my job as a talk therapist if i wasn't talking about how people's sleep is going what they're doing for exercise what they're putting in their body um it's a it's a lot of what we talk about 
Yeah, I think, you know, you you touched on that with like social connection and, and how we find community and things as well. And I think that when I, I don't know, maybe it's like when I was younger or it just like felt more of like the societal way that like resolutions are changing something that's wrong, fixing something that's not going well, um, rather than like focusing on the positives of like making make maybe a new year's resolution is like making a goal to go and have coffee with like a dedicated time to have coffee with a friend once a week or to like have people over her dinner or a game night or something like that and like i don't know maybe there's a way of shifting perspectives to as someone who is a little bit like new year's resolution wary of like shifting the mentality of rather than like these are things that we should change or not do putting it as like, these are things that I'm going to make an effort to do in the year to come. Yeah, maybe it's about like adding things in. Maybe it's um, not, I'm going to cut out Cheetos. I keep thinking about those. Um, (laughs) But like, maybe it's, I'm going to eat more vegetables. I'm going to eat them three times a day. Or I'm going to, you know, um, practice gratitude every day. Maybe it's about adding things to your life rather than taking them away. Yeah, and I this year, I don't know why, I just felt more in tune with the holiday season and as we were heading into the new year, and I've just been more observant of myself and friends and clients, and the holiday season brings up a lot of feelings for people, and it's not all good. You know, I, I had I had a 13-year-old in my office that I love this quote. He just said, it's not like you just throw up a tree and it all gets better. Um, and so there's this like thought, well, well, we'll make it nice, nice, and we'll put on the twinkle lights, and, and we'll try to manufacture something that feels really nice. But there's also a lot of feelings that are gray that come up in the holiday season. And it's no accident that come New Year's, we're like, okay, we want a fresh start. We're going to make this year better. Let's take stock of all the ways, the good and bad of last year. But this year is a new year, new me, new everything. And it's like, can we just sit with whatever feelings we're feeling and be able to be aware of them? Feelings don't have to be positive or negative. They're natural. They're there for a reason. Things like frustration, anxiety, irritability, they don't have to be negative, but let's find a a place for them to be able to experience them. Well, and I think too of like, in honesty, like 2023 was like, I don't feel like my, it wasn't my best year. It's not the best one that I've had, but it also was like, yeah, the things that weren't working on December 31st, they're still not working on January 1st. You know, it's like <laughs> we put this line of like, it's a new year, new start, new mentality. But like the things that you were struggling with in 20 or like in the year before, they're probably there with you in this new year as well. And so figuring out how to like not sh- like sweep them under the rug and say like those were last year's issues, <laughs> but also just like sit with them and, and allow ourselves to be like, we can still keep working on them. We haven't like completely closed that door and that door will not close because like stuff will follow you into the next year unless you're like, you're working on it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, But you were just saying just sheer desire doesn't always work on its own. So just will and might and desire and optimism. So we may need some skills as well. (laughs) So, So let's use that humility hat and say, I actually have a skill deficit as it relates to saying no, I do. I genuinely have a skill deficit. (laughs) As it relates to saying no. So maybe rather than just the desire to say no more, I need to actually learn how to set better boundaries and and commit to that. Yeah. Yeah. Or like with the example of um, dry January or damp January, maybe it's more about being mindful about your alcohol intake, you know, like being able to realize if you're not going for the dry approach. um, Is this something like, why am I seeking this out right now? 
is this something I truly want in this moment? Am I doing this for, for like a societal pressure reason? Am I doing this uh, to cope with a stressor? Oh, is there a better way I could be coping with a stressor? Maybe, maybe there's just room um, in just evaluating what's not working for you anymore too. Yeah. And just to say by definition, if you're in our office and I don't, I don't lean on diagnoses a ton, but the definition of a disorder with anything is generally it's in the way of my ability to function. So I have so much anxiety or I'm drinking so much that whatever the, the category may be, um, that it's in the way of my sleep, my relationships, my ability to, to function at work, my ability to just be a functional human, whether it be a kid or an adult. And so those, so if you're wondering, like, do I have a problem? It's usually those things you can see and hear that are apparent that probably your loved ones are noticing too. So like I said, sleep issues, mood swings, um, functionality, productivity at work, and then just getting in the way of the flow of your relationships. Um, and I think we can all think about that for ourselves and, and the people that we love to be able to maybe hold up a mirror. Yeah. For those who are just tuning in, you are listening to Off the Record. We are talking with Lindsay Wright and Mandy Miller, who are two local therapists. And we're talking about resolutions, the new year, mental health, how we can head into the new... I mean, I think like the, the idea of resolutions... I don't, think, I don't think the idea of resolutions are inherently bad, right? It's like it's wanting to set intention and like go into the year with like to make it the best it can be, which I don't think is a bad thing, but it's how do we do it in a way that like allows us to succeed and work through things that maybe genuinely need to be worked through. Right. Or or just maybe a little more aware of <laughs> something that we were saying before we hopped on was you're saying like we can and, and Lindsay, you've said this as well, like we can make choices to change to make changes or to do something different at any point in the year. And I think for me, that is a hard thing about New Year's is the the pressure of like it must happen on this day. What do you think the difference is between setting a goal and a resolution? Do they feel different to you? They do feel different to me. And maybe these are just like my own things. Like, I don't know that this comes down to any dictionary definition, but resolutions, like I do feel like you were pointing out earlier, Julia, that there is kind of this like focus on the negative and it's almost like this pressure of like, well, you got to fix it. You got to make it better. And like, it's great to strive to be better, but I feel like with a goal, I don't know. It's more about like, these are the strengths I have and this is what I can accomplish with them you know, whether your strengths are internal or within your community or, um, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I don't know. A goal just feels friendlier to me. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yeah. And I, you know, people do like call, call you up wanting to go to therapy and, and then we generally do like a little, um, consult to be like, okay, first of all, are we going to be a good fit for one another? Cause people absolutely deserve to have the right fit for who they're going to be sharing their story with. Their story is a gift. Um, so if somebody were to say, well, I have a goal, somebody name a goal here. What, what would it be? Uh, to run Imogene. To run Imogene. That's not which my goal. also was one of Julia's goals that she <laughs> achieved this year. Seamlessly. <laughs> um, Seamless, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to run Imogene this year. 
Um, so then we want to find out, well, where is that goal coming from? Um, and a lot of the time I hear goals are based on some external thing. Mm. Well, my husband ran Imogen and he really wants me to do it with him. And I'm like, okay, well then that's not no. an internal goal. <laughs> yeah. you know? So it's, it's tough or, um, or I've, I've never taken a step in my life. You know, I've, I'm de- generally sedentary, but I'm going to put this really big, almost unattainable goal out there so that it'll get me off the couch. So then, you know, we, we want to be able to tune into where we are in the here and now because it is genuinely, truly what makes change is slow, continuous progress. That is much, that will create the attainable goal much better than delayed perfection. So slow, continuous project, progress is better than delayed perfection. So if in my mind, the only way I'm going to prove to myself that I'm good enough or worthy or that I fit in and tell your ride is to run Imogene, <laughs> then um, that's going to be pretty tough if that's, if, that, if that's the only way. I love that. <laughs> I think it like it gives it gives us all a little bit more grace too of like I just the I mean and it kind of goes back a little bit to like the journey of something as well of like recognizing every step along the way rather than you only get to tick the box when you've like technically accomplished but we have to ask you now because i didn't know you to be a runner and i literally saw her at the finish line at ibogene and i was like what just happened i still would not (laughs) call myself a runner so how did that go as far as a goal i mean well when you're talking about i was like dang i don't know if i did have like i don't know i'm now i'm like did i do it for the right reason (laughs) i think i did it because i mean genuinely i was like well it feels like when i live here i should do it once and I think for for me, th- for doing it this year, I was like, well, the 50th seems like a fun... Like, if I'm going to do it once, why not do it on, like, the 50th? And I th- I don't know. I think... I'm, I think I just wanted to. I we think- could probably, like, dig deep as to why I actually did. But, I mean, I love being in the mountains. It, I think there there was an element of, like... okay, It's, like, a cool thing. It's, like, a cool, unique thing that happens in our community. And, like, I want to experience it once. I'm not going to do it again. But that, not, one and done. I'm but, one and but done. What was it from decision to do it to doing it? Like, what was that process? Um, signing up. <laughs> so that's months in advance. Yeah. I th- um, I'm trying to... When did I decide that I wanted to do... I th- well, and I, I mean, I think per the, like, the slow, I think, like, I had been thinking about it for a while. Like, yeah, I think I want to do that. Sure, I'm going to do it. And then I talked to Gavin about it, and he is a runner. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And then there was definitely the accountability of, like him saying like yeah let's sign up let's do it that actually made me sign up and they're like all right guess we're doing it this year yeah that's uh, yeah that's great that you shared that because there was that accountability there was the connection Mm -hmm. piece and then there was the it you're looking me in the eye right now you genuinely believed you could do it like you knew you could. yeah i knew i could do it yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's great well and like you know for a minute there you were kind of like well, did I do it for someone else? But you didn't. At the end, you were like, no, it's because I wanted to be a part of this thing that our community does. That's yeah. not doing it for someone That's else. True. That That's was true. like yeah. something off Thanks, your guys. bucket list. <laughs> yeah. Is it marking, is checking things off your bucket list the same thing as like, is a bucket list like just a resolution sheet? Hmm. I mean, we're always going to go deeper, and I'm gonna I'm gonna find out like what's your why to your to your bucket list items. Like, yeah, I guess it is yeah. about why you're doing it. But I mean, I the way I would th- I mean again open to interpretation. But the way I would think about a bucket list is like these are things that are gonna give me joy in my life. Like that's super pure. I don't know. That seems 
unless you've got another motivation in there. That seems pretty good to me. I mean, what you just said is it, that no matter what people are saying in my office, that it's generally about wanting to have more inner peace. So people use the word happy or joy a lot, and, and usually it comes down to they want more inner peace and stability and balance in their lives, and that that's when they feel the most authentically themselves. Um, so somebody may say, hey, I'm having thoughts of harming myself, um, and people might say, oh my God, do you want to die? And generally it's like, no, I just want to feel better. Mm -hmm. I just want to stop feeling crappy. Um, so if those, that's when those we have a shot for change is when somebody has that genuine desire to, to feel that balance. And then we, it's little needles that we're moving. Um, it is, it is not going to be that you go see a therapist for a half hour session, or you go see your doctor and take that one pill. It is a process for a reason because your, your body wants slow change. It, it wants to slowly stabilize into, into a different lifestyle. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, obviously, like, we're kind of talking about changes outside of, like, outside of mental health, but maybe how, like, that impacts our mental health or how we can think about them. For folks who are, like, a goal for them or a resolution for them is to have better mental health in the year to come. Like, how do you think about that as people who are, who are you know, I'm going to go to my therapist on the first of the year or in the first week of you know, kind of make, making that be a resolution. I think if that's when you're ready to make that change, like that could happen any time of the year, you know, and if that happens to align on January 1st, so be it. But, um, man, I think that's a bigger journey than a resolution. <laughs> I mean, if somebody says, I want to work on my mental health, A, that's amazing that we're saying that out loud so much now. And I hear more and more like populations that we wouldn't generally see. Like I, I see a few older gentlemen over 70 in my office and I see lots of teenagers in my office where I don't, I don't recall that I would have been in middle school or high school and said to one of my friends, you know, let's, let's really focus on our mental health in this next year. You know, like it was so taboo. So awesome that we're, that, that we've destigmatized it enough that it's just part of our vernacular to talk about mental health and value that. Um, Generally, when people say I want to work on my mental health, right underneath that is some way that they're suffering or they feel stuck mm -hmm. in some way. Um, and so if we're thinking or, or oftentimes people come to my office and they want to talk about suffering that's outside of themselves. They talk about I want peace on earth. There's there's so much, you know, discord in the world or discord in my kid's soccer team or whatever it is. And in general, what that is, is an inability to to squash our own suffering in our own minds. So an inability to cope with our own feelings that feel like hot potato feelings that I don't want to feel right now. So in seeing that my kiddo is struggling in soccer, it's bringing up some hot potato feelings for me and I don't know what to do with those. And I think the solution is to solve my kid's soccer team when really it's these hot potato feelings I'm feeling inside that I need to learn how to cope with. And again, I'll go back to skills. That's a matter of skills. You know, that's not just a desire to want to change. Um, and so there's lots of ways to, to be able to address those skills and build skills so that we can manage and, and uh, calm our own suffering and imagine a world that we would live in if we all knew how to create our own okayness and then go out into the world and connect. I'm going to ask a question that I feel like you probably won't have an answer for because it's all going to be individualized. But <laughs> if you were to think of like, what are some of like the key basic skills that you see a lot of people walking in wanting and not having? What would you say are some like the big mm. ones? And maybe just like, 
you know, tip sheet of like, you know, the, the highlight reel of how people can work on them without, you know, recognizing this is not a therapy session. Yeah. I mean, yes, individualized, but I mean, I think a lot of people, um, want to be better at either coping with negative emotions or just being able to feel them. Like so many people and like probably everyone in this room in different ways at different times, um, just spend a lot of time figuring out like, how do I escape this sadness or this anxiety or this depression or this whatever? Um, And so I think like a lot of the skills are how do you tolerate those feelings? Because feelings, feelings are your friends, (laughs) but they don't always feel good. So how do you tolerate them? Um, And how do you not just always, you know, turn for the coping skill that's distraction yeah yes me too (laughs) we all do that you just said it 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 is that like it's those intense things that come up for all of us it comes in like a wave Mm -hmm. and then it's like ah what do I do with this oh a glass of wine would help Ooh, calling a friend would help like it's like you know we have these urges to I've got to numb it or squash it or distract it immediately when those feelings, I mean, if, if you watch an animal in the wild, they have the same kinds of floods of things coming in. And then these, the survival amygdala response happens that says, oh, my gosh, I have to survive this. Um, so just knowing how to not freak out by our own feelings and being able, like you said, tolerate. I usually say frustration, tolerance, uh, adaptability or flexibility and then problem solving. So if I'm able to tolerate whatever feelings come my way and like I said before, create my own sense of okayness, which usually takes only a few minutes to be able to be like, oh, there it is again, the irritability when I saw that person or heard that thing and our triggers are our teachers, just like our feelings are our friends, like Lindsay said, and then be able to be like, okay, now I'm calm enough to be able to decide how do I need to flex in this moment? Maybe I'm not able to go to that happy hour I committed to with a friend because now I need to just like take a nap or whatever. Um, and be able to problem solve, be able to strategize what is the next best immediate step. Which I think like one thing that probably almost anyone could do in the moment um, is any sort of like grounding technique, anything to bring you back to the present moment uh, to affirm that you're safe. You know, sometimes we do see the person who's our our problem person (laughs) and we do get really freaked out, but then like it's an hour later and the problem person's not there and you're sitting on your couch and if you look around and you pay attention and you touch your sofa and check in with what your surroundings are, like you're probably okay in that moment. It's just emotions from before. So that might be one tangible thing is just taking time um, when you are feeling stressed out. Uh, this this does not count when you're in a crosswalk and a car is coming towards <laughs> you. Just by the way, this is for moments where the thing is not happening. Uh, but just taking time to really orient yourself to the present situation. Um, my favorite way of doing that is petting my dog uh, and snuggling him and, you know, just getting really like one-on-one with him. He brings me back to the present moment, but that's one of like infinite ways of just kind of bringing yourself back to a moment where, hey, you know, like that stressful thing is still stressful, but in this moment, like I'm okay. And it really is the mindfulness part that you just said, if you can think of ways to engage your five senses, which is so hard, I mean, it's hard for any of us, but like you said, the touching the dog, the the in vivo experience of being with yourself and, and your surroundings, it's, I mean, we can all think of examples of that, of, of how we can do that. Do you think that recognizing that y'all are not fans of resolutions 
or New Year's resolutions. Do you think that there is a benefit to the fact that kind of collectively as a society, we all, to some extent, say like, this is a little bit of a reset? Is there is there benefit in the fact that we're all kind of like together jumping into this new year together and like, I mean, obviously not everybody, but like a lot of people going and being like, okay, I'm going to go in with a fresh perspective. Like the fact that we're all kind of doing it at the same time. Do you think there is benefit to that? What do you think, Julia? <laughs> I am asking you the question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mentioned before the seasonality and we haven't really talked a ton specifically about Telluride, but we are in the middle of the dark 30. Well, we're coming out of the dark 30, but we're in it, as we know. I keep telling myself there there is some warm sunshine that happens between 11 a.m. and 2.30. And if I can get some of that to hit my skin, I might have a shot of some dopamine <laughs> to get me through dark night. <laughs> so we're in it right now. And, and it looks different in a mountain town. And um, so, you know, we, it's the paradise paradox for a reason. We get to live in paradise, yet paradoxically, there's a lot of loneliness and isolation and and things that cause us to, to feel like it's not enough, too. So um, collectively, it's worth having these conversations. And, and the seasonality of Telluride, we've just had a super-duper busy week with not a ton of snow, and we're all kind of talking about it and checking in and, and being able to be in the present moment instead of constantly thinking about what am I going to do in off-season or what am I going to do on my next day off? Like, the okayness part happens now. The balance part happens now, and that's what Lindsay was just saying. Yeah, I don't think, um, I think anything that in a positive way brings people together, whether it's, hey, it's 2024, wow, that's cool, what's that going to bring? Or, you know, the street dance, like anything that's going to positively bring people to the same page. I think we're in a time of pretty historic division for our country. And so if there's anything that can get everybody kind of on the same page, that seems pretty positive to me. And I'm just placing value on connecting. Like, I really, really love our friendship benches in town. I bring this up every time that I can talk about it. They're there to, they're meant for us to connect or just think about ways that it is a valuable use of your time to force yourself out into the world and to connect in some way that feels comfortable or maybe a little out of your comfort zone. Um, because we do, we are a collaborative species. We're meant to connect. We just had um, somebody text in a question saying doesn't don't or can our new year's resolutions or making intentions on the new year's um a symbol of hope for the year to come absolutely Mm. i and i'm gonna oh man we're just like all about words today but i'm gonna say that i like intentions for a year whereas i don't like resolutions (laughs) new year's intentions (laughs) yes that's my woo woo self but i do think that yeah that that could totally i don't know lost my train of thought well i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna ask you again what do you see as the difference between a resolution and intention for the year to come Hmm. so intentions i feel like are more i don't know it's a hard one to pin down but i i feel like it's kind of more of a like way of being like like i have an intention for 2024 um not to like talk about myself too much, but like in 2023, that is why you're here. Please, do. <laughs> we were able to like make the Telluride dream happen and buy a house, and I felt super grateful for that. And I don't want to lose that feeling. So my intention is co- to continue to kind of try and keep that alive. That's not something I can really chunk down into different little things, um, but it's more of kind of like how I want to be in the world, I guess. Oh, I love that. How I want to be. So I was just I was 
racking my brain, the definition of resolution would be like to resolve. It's a problem. It's a problem I need to fix. Yeah. We, we, if Julia and I were in an argument, we'd say we need to come to a resolution. Um, and what you were just saying with the intention piece is it's more about like really like your core values. Like, like my core values will match then my intentions and then I will be able to flow and be my authentic self rather than I am not a problem that needs fixing. Yes. <laughs> Look, we're, we could write a dictionary, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it it is just like continuing down the language route. It is interesting how we can maybe have similar ideas for what things mean, but just like the language that we use really shifts the mindset of what that looks like in a day to day. And yeah, so maybe for some people, resolutions are working. Some people intentions of like that move us through the year and just to talk about how change works that it like it is a process so i think people want to believe that change is like i'm climbing a ladder so that's like i've achieved this status where i'm a non-smoker and thus i'm going to stay there no matter what and i'm achieved this status where i've been in a relationship for 10 years and so thus that definitely means that our marriage is going to last forever um when really it's i, I describe it like a spiral notebook it's, you're going to go around and round and round but you're going to spiral up or that's what we hope that's what we want so with the right skills you're going to keep revisiting some of those same things that you may need to resolve um but overall we're we're moving upwards we're not digging a deeper hole so if you are going to do a check-in now that it's january 2nd um be like are there places where i'm digging myself a deeper hole and i'm not resolving that i'm going to change them overnight i'm going to be aware of them more yeah um coda listeners we are talking about resolutions and mental health and moving the small needles if we see them needing to move over the next year um we have just a couple more minutes left so if you have any questions or comments or thoughts on the topic please give us a call 970-728-4333 um manny i'm gonna ask you without you know forcing you to disclose things you don't want do you have any intentions or resolutions that you're excited about for this year the word awareness just keeps coming up for me because when I screw up personally, professionally, everything is when I do what I call future tripping. When, when I'm so focused on the future, the future me and what, I, what this image I have of future me, it totally makes me trip up on present me. So if, if I can just be able to tune in more in the present moment and be able to, to make those shifts um, as I need in the present moment rather than this idea of who I need to be down the line. That's a good one. Yes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, same question. It was the gratitude. The, oh, you already did. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I had to ask oh, you. I want to know Julia's. Julia's, yes. If, if yes. you have one, you don't have to. Well, I will say that I hadn't really thought about like the intentions for the year before. So now I'm like, in, like thinking of like a specific, like an intention specifically. I don't know. I I have to think about it, maybe. The fun thing is when you ask your friends and family what, what they think you should change, and that's <laughs> that. that. <laughs> it's like, whoa! <laughs> Not ready yet? Don't, don't want to hear that from you. <laughs> Um, but I do think it's worth us talking about just what services we have available in our community because it's kind of amazing and I don't know that everyone is aware of them. So, Lindsay, do you want to Go tee us it. off with some? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, starting starting here at home, I am at the medical center. There are two of us. Uh, we have integrated b 
behavioral health, which means, like Mandy pointed out earlier, that if you come to see your primary care doctor, you can get mental health services in tandem with that, which is pretty cool, as primary care is often like where most people are coming for their depression or anxiety. So it's a good doorway. Other doorways include Axis Health Systems, which takes most forms of insurance, right? Mm -hmm. That's a pretty big deal. Um, Tri-County Health Network is another good one. And a variety of awesome private practice therapists like Mandy. Do you want to talk about the fund? Sure, I will. Yeah. Um, So Tri-County Health Network does an amazing job of keeping a directory of mental health providers. They also have like nutritionists and like just all kinds of wellness providers on that directory. So that's tchnetworkdirectory.org. You can also just go to tchnetwork.org and see like all the awesome services at Tri-County. Access Health is our regions, our 11 county regions, um, community health center and community mental health center. So they offer um, medical, dental and behavioral health. And they have an office um, for behavioral health right here on Main Street above U.S. Bank. Um, They also have a walk-in 24-hour crisis center that does detox um, and crisis services. So if somebody is having thoughts of harming themselves, um, we can offer transportation and you can just call 911 to access those services too. Um, but that's in Montrose and it does serve teens as well. Um, and then we have, due to the wonderful generosity of our entire community, we voted in in 2018 our... Um, our behavioral health fund, which funds programs like the behavioral health at the medical center and in our schools. So in Norwood and in the Telluride schools, we have therapy teams that are able to see and work with our kiddos and families. Um, And then it also funds anyone that lives or works in our county, anyone that lives or works in our county, kids and adults um, qualify this year for up to, or four, sorry, six sessions of, um, financial support for therapy um, and you can just apply to that on the Tri-County page as well. Um, the specific website is sammiguelbehavioralhealth.org. Um, so I'm just going to say it again. It's regardless of income, anyone that lives or works in our county gets financial support for six sessions. Um, there's uh, several counties in the in the state that do that, but this is such a cool opportunity. And then you can use pretty much anyone on that directory. There's, there's a lot of therapists. doesn't necessarily have to be somebody that's going to see you face-to-face in Telluride. Sometimes people don't want to see somebody face-to-face that they might run into on Main Street. So there's a lot of teletherapists that are not in our community on there too. Um, So yeah, go check that out and apply. And one last thing, Mm -hmm. thank you, you rounded that out so much better (laughs) than I did, um, is just the National Crisis Line, which is 988. And anyone can call and talk to somebody. Crisis is a subjective term, so don't feel like, oh, I'm not in a bad enough place. No, that there's a free resource. You can call them for anything. We got some text questions coming in while y'all were talking as well. Um, One of them, you know, talking about intentions and things like this. So um, speaking personally for y'all or just things that you've seen, have you ever seen, let me pull that up so I make it. Have you ever set an intention or a resolution and felt like it was really successful and what helped it go so well? I guess like what are, you know, what are the things that really make intentions or resolutions be a success story for the year? Um, I think consistency. Uh, 
you know, like in this, probably, I think we have similar summer goals. <laughs> in the summer, I want to be outside as much as possible, but I also work, you know, every day. So I try and exercise at lunch. And the first few times of like getting out in the summer and trying to like go up Bear Creek or what, you know, whatever in my little time frame, like, like, oh, but I could just go sit on one of the benches or I could go get a coffee. I could be doing something else. But like, after I've done that for a few weeks, it's like, well, this is what I do right now. I've, I've kind of primed my brain through that repetition that I'm going to go and do this. Uh, another like nifty hack to go along with that is pairing whatever your new habit is with something that you enjoy. So for me, I mean, I enjoy the walk as is, but to really double down, um, this is an embarrassing confession. I, <laughs> I, I, uh, listened to a podcast that, um, the people on the podcast read celebrity memoirs and then describe them to you. Mm -hmm. And I don't really care about celebrities, but I think it's funny. So uh, I pair that with my walk and then it's like a little treat because if I'm just sitting around, I probably am like, ah, I should read a book that like teaches me to do a different therapy thing that I do or something that's a little bit more highbrow versus like this trash podcast. So that's another trash podcast. Thing to do. I know, I'm going to say that's that is thoroughly <laughs> not embarrassing. I was listening. Um, I'm just going to plug a trash podcast that I love. I, I drove out to Norwood today and I listened to the final episode of this of, of one of the seasons of um, My Dad Wrote a Porno. Oh, that's great. It's a trash podcast, but it's brilliant. Of it's so This funny. guy finds out that his dad has written porno novels and they're bad. They're just objectively not good. And so he reads them out loud with two of his friends and they just like tear it to shreds. And it's it's one of the few things that will get me like gut laughing out loud. It is, Solving it is super problems. funny. I listened to that too. <laughs> <It's> so awesome. <laughs> Minnie, did you have anything you wanted to well, add about that? Say, my favorite trash podcast <laughs> is definitely the Kodo News podcast, which <gasps> I'm just kidding. Rude. It's not trash at all. Um, but I drive to Denver a lot and Julia and Gavin know this. I binge these two. I binge them. And then I want somebody to quiz me on it. I want you to, I want to, you to quiz yeah. me on the we'll, news. We'll do that someday. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but definitely, you, you named them all, but I was thinking back to like my corporate days that they say that goals will work are smart which is specific measurable attainable realistic and time limited somebody can correct me if i if i got those wrong but you right but you talked about that being like something realistic something that's rewarding and something that has a beginning and end time um so yeah so definitely mine right now is i i had just listened to something that said you've got to get that sunshine on as as much of your skin body as possible so it's not just the the part of our mouth where our goggles aren't covering like we, we've got to get that sunshine on the skin so i'm working on that right now that's a good one i mean not intention but kind of speaking to also what you were saying Lindsay. i one of the things that i wrote down on a list of like goals resolutions was reminding myself that i can hike after work mm. like mm -hmm. i feel like so often in the summer i'm like well the day's done i guess I can only hike on the weekends. So I was like, no, you can like, you can go out in the evening. Maybe it's a little bit shorter, but you can still do that. There's yeah. time. And when all that like shame and blame comes up, generally I hear it's usually right before bed or right when we wake up to be like, do a little better tomorrow, a little better. Like I don't have to be monumentally better. Like a little different, you know, is, is great. Yeah. Like 1% better every day yes. or every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> as needed <laughs> um we are 
nearing the end of our hour somehow. Um, final call. If anybody would like to share their thoughts or comments, questions, give us a call 970-728-4333. Any like, obviously when you at, even if you are not maybe the biggest fans of resolutions in your line of work, you are inevitably going to be talking with folks who are, who do have, um, have goals, resolutions, things that they're set for the year. So within that space, and, and we've already touched on it, but how would you say, how do you feel like you can support or like community, friends, family can support people who do have these resolutions that they want to fi- they want to fix or change or whatever that might be, um, support them through that to make it su- a success if that is something that really matters to them? Ask your person that. Like your friend who's trying to do the whatever, like, hey, how can I best support you in running Imogene? Do you want me to ask you about that goal? Do you want me to hold you accountable? Are are you also Gavin who can run, you know, with this person? I would I would maybe turn it back to them and say, okay, I I see your goal, I see your resolution, I see your intention, whatever it is. Is there a way I can support you in that? Like, what does that look like for you? Because for one person, that might be you know checking in about hey, this week, how is that going? For another person, it might be like, don't look at me. I don't want to talk about it. I'll just reveal my transformation when I'm ready. You know, like what's going to work best for them? Yeah, that, what you just said is it. So we'll we'll talk around it to our friends and to everyone else without just asking the person, hey, how can I be of support to you? Or, I, hey, I, I know I tried to be of support to you in this way. Did that work for you? So, so we're not willing to be feedback informed in our relationships because what, what worked today may not work for that person tomorrow either. So but just leaving those doors of communication open and saying things like, hey, I just want you to know that regardless of if you leave your husband that all we do is talk about your husband and how awful this relationship is regardless of if you leave him or not i want you to know that i'm here and and i'm going to hang with you through this um i think generally people want to hear i'm here like like i will i will hang with you regardless of what changes you decide to make and when or maybe you may decide to change and then you change back you know that kind of thing i'm here um and then learning how to have boundaries around that too because there may come a time where i don't have a tolerance for hearing about that that person anymore and then i'm but i will let you know if if that occurs yeah um it has come up at several points uh throughout the hour but for you know kind of in in our last minutes for folks who want to want to make a big change whether that is like they actually know in their brain or they think they know in their brain what that change is or just things aren't like there's things are feeling a little bit like wonky, a little bit unsettled. And they think that making a change of some sort will be helpful. Um, as we're at the beginning of the year, when a lot of people are, are kind of taking stock a little bit about where we are, how would you recommend people starting that process of figuring out what that looks like for them and how they can, you know, work towards those goals? I would say just get curious, you know, like start having conversations the way we're all having conversations in this room, you know, or um, do some journaling about it or just spend some dedicated time thinking about it. And you might not know what those changes are, but um, again, that's like pre, maybe it's pre, pre contemplation if you don't know what the change is, but um, maybe just get curious about what that is. 
that itch is happening for a reason. That itch that's saying, hey, we need to have a shift. And as you were saying, there's a huge disconnect in the world right now. Like systems are breaking down, like disconnects are happening. That doesn't necessarily have to be something that we're all going to suffer, you know. It, it's what happens. The things fall apart and then we want to choose how to put them back together. So just be willing to look at, okay, th there's portions of my life that feel like they're falling apart. Um, let me just observe those and then I can start to think about of those pieces, where do I want to start to put them back together? That feels nice and cozy and smooth and okay. Yeah. May I mean, and tying back to, which we haven't really fully touched on in a big way, but I, I was talking to some folks and they were like, it feels like off season maybe makes more sense as like a time for resolutions for us because we have, like, it is kind of weird to like set this big, like shift yeah. day in the middle of the season, right? Mandy, as you said, after like the busiest week of the year, two weeks of the year. So maybe like we start thinking about things now and then see how it gets to by April and and I'll just say another plug for balance. Even in the busiest time of the year, work, life, play, your body will love you more if you can find find the time for all three in each day. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've kind of we've kind of gotten there. But any final closing thoughts? I mean, thank you both so much for being here um, this evening and having this conversation as we kick off the new year. Um, final closing thoughts for for our listeners before we take off. We said it all. I think we said it all. It was a very good yeah. interview. Good job, Julia. <laughs> you didn't ask me very many questions, but I'm going to count that as being off the hook. <laughs> um, Kodo listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Off the Record this evening. We'll be back uh, next week with more Off the Record. We'll be back tomorrow with more news. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks to those who called in or texted in with questions. And you are listening to KOTO Telluride. Thanks for listening to Off the Record. Opinions expressed on this show are those of our guests. Join us again next week for another installment. And in the meantime, drop us a line at news at koto.org with feedback and ideas. Oh,